Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to our comeback episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. Sorry we missed you all last week, but uh, we had holiday vacations to to do and uh, things to see, so uh, sure you did as well. But we're back, and for another year of exciting St. Louis City SC news, information, and possibly, hopefully, a little action. Mostly from MLS Next Pro and the Academy, of course. I am your host, Mike Turner. Joining me in our Southern Illinois studios is our producer, Mason. And in an undisclosed location in West County, St. Louis, is Sean Campbell. How are you guys doing today, and how was your holiday break? I'm doing good. Uh, much better than I was on New Year's Day. I'll, I'll say that much. Started, <laughs> started the year out the way that I usually do. Very hungover. So Man. you broke all your resolutions in the first hour. No, because my resolution was to get actively worse. All right. <laughs> I don't think you can do much more of that, Mason. I'm just saying. <laughs> Love you, bud. Uh, I'm so glad that all my friends believe in me. That's right. And if you believe in him as well, lovely listeners, you can get in touch with us at soccercapital at gmail.com or on Twitter at soccercapital. Probably already are there. I'd like to hear what you have to say about Producer Mason. And uh, while you're here and listening to us, just take a quick second. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to this and your podcaster of choice. Rate and review the show. It really does help us out on that. It uh, allows us to grow. And by growing, that means we can do a better job of giving you stuff that you're actually interested in listening in. Get out. What we got today is really a roundup of some of the news, things we missed over the last two weeks. You know, taking a week off over the holidays, you don't miss a lot, but there's been a couple of things. But right now, what we'd like to do is, since it is early January, it's a fresh new year of soccer, let's kind of go over some of the things that we're looking forward to. There's a lot to look forward to for St. Louis City SC for all of us supporters. Things are only going to get better. Late, just before we're recording, and... uh, To be transparent, we're recording late in the afternoon on Tuesday, as normally we do. Uh, St. Louis City SC, with a tip from uh, Flyover Footy, the podcast on Twitter. St. Louis City SC will have an announcement tomorrow, somewhere around 9.30 a.m. Central. Lutz Feinenstiel will have a guest at the press conference, and uh, but no indication about what the announcement's going to be. Supposedly a big one about the growth of the club. My guess is that it's going to be the MLS Next Pro head coach. Uh, They start play in, you know, two and a half months, roughly, and they don't have a head coach yet for this. Time to get that up and running. I anticipate that's what it is, but I don't know. Any other thoughts from you guys on this? Uh, I'm putting big money on Team Dog. (laughs) Oh, you, you think we're going to get our own? (laughs) <laughs> just like uh what's his what's his name barclay for the blues <laughs> what would you name the team dog archie of course it's gotta be archie you know what you got it in one yeah or old red old city red <laughs> archie wins i'll give you that uh but no it's it's probably gonna be either the mls it's probably gonna be the mls next head coach I'd be surprised if it was the first team head coach. Um, I guess that's not a tremendous long shot, but 
MLS Next is really coming up close. So it's time for announcements about that to be coming down. Yeah, and it, it, it really can't be Andreas Schumacher. He's the head coach of the academy teams. You don't want to spread them thin. You, youth development and a developing league coach in a competitive minor league system are two completely different things with different aims. So you don't want to confuse the two. MLS uh, didn't do much to help with that with the naming structure, but yes. <laughs> yeah, like it says, do I have to pay in my MLS Next app to get access to news about MLS Next Pro? And given how much news has been out there, apparently you have to. <laughs> yeah, we're you know coming up on 30 years of MLS and they're still finding new ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I'm going to subscribe to MLS Next Pro Plus. <laughs> they're going to have to go out and, and build a new foot because they're running out of toes. <laughs> but uh, exciting. Gives us something to talk about on this show, which in this time of the year, bef- between uh, World Cup qualifying and MLS offseason and St. Louis City still being more than a year out, oh, we need some things to talk about. But we got a few. MLS Next Pro and the Academy is one of the things really looking forward to this season. Uh, They're going to start back up in March. It's going to be exciting. You're going to have the kids coming up. The MLS Next Pro gives them the next step as well. Also opens up a lot of the academies and a lot of the talent in St. Louis to get a shot at getting into the MLS team's system. As well as, uh, you know going out and getting any other talent about the region or nationally as well, or even internationally if they're so inclined on that. So that's exciting. Really looking forward to, as the weather gets warmer than it is, say, today, uh, of attending matches, getting out, meeting other supporters, meeting old friends, making new friends, everything that goes along with being a soccer fan that makes it so great. We already made a a little bit of a speculation about the upcoming announcement that uh, broke just before we started recording. Uh, But uh, we anticipate a head coach announcement coming this year, (laughs) we would hope, since they start playing at at the latest March of next year. Uh, I I anticipate that sometime in the summer, perhaps earlier. Uh, The structure is there. It's finding the right guy to build. You've already got your director of coaching and John Hatwork to make sure that there's a verticality in the philosophy throughout the whole system. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the right fit to lead the first team and to work within the system and with all the personnel within. Another big thing to look forward to is that first player signing. You never know where it's going to come from. I would anticipate this would be in the summer. When most, but not all, but most of the leagues in the uh, world are in their offseason, contracts are up, that's when we might find the first player earmarked to be a leader of the team, uh, to be a valuable member of the squad on the field, and also usually that player is usually a big part of the squad off the field as well. Anticipate that happening in the summer. Uh, as well, or even into the early autumn. There's not a real rush to get that done. It's just a matter of the timing. And if you're going internationally to find people that are coming out of contract. Another big thing to look forward to is the completion of the stadium 
and the academy grounds and stadium for the academy teams, if they're building one, which I don't have real word on if they are or not, I would imagine so. Uh, sometime by the end of the year, we've been told, uh, would like to see it happen this summer, especially going up from Southern Illinois to see uh, Academy and MLS Next Pro Games. It'd make a trip a whole lot shorter in the round trip to just go to the campus in downtown rather than all the way out to Creve Coeur. Nothing against Creve Coeur. It's a very nice place to watch. Or even to Soccer Park. It just, it's a lot further of a drive. <laughs> Kit reveal. That's going to be a big deal. I know a lot of people are really interested in such things. I'm like, not that much interested. Other than, no, oh, please don't suck. Please don't suck. That's about my feelings I, about it. I'm very excited for the kit. That's honestly one of the things I'm most excited for this this summer. Um, it, I, I think that they could do some real cool stuff, and I've seen some real cool jersey designs in, across St. Louis in the past, and I, I just know that they're not going to disappoint um, unless, of course, we get the unreleased 90s trumpet jersey all over again. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, hey, hey, those trumpet jerseys are cool. They were an atrocity, and I'm glad they never got made. But this, nah, man. Nah, this kit, they could do some real cool stuff with it, incorporate the flag of the of the city, maybe, or um, do something to, you know, uh, allude to the, the, the river's meeting in some way, shape or form. Um, the arch just on the front of the jersey, just I, I don't know if I like that, but I'm excited to see what they do. And as, I'm hoping they do something more than just cookie cutter like Charlotte did. Yeah, that's I think that that would be the biggest disappointment is just something that's like by committee um, that like a, a consulting firm came up with. That's really plain, really safe. Um, I'm probably ex I'm expecting that, but I would be pretty disappointed with that. The other thing that comes down to is with the, the work with the authorized league supplier, which. Oh, I want to say Adidas, but I could be wrong on that. But a lot of those are. I believe it's Adidas right now, yeah, isn't it? I, I believe so. And a lot of those is just the cost and timeline. St. Louis City does have extra timeline to develop a jersey and get going on this and do custom work, but it's going to be pricey. Do they want to pay for that? Or is it just going to be another template? Uh, the Arches theme? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Instead of uh, hoops or stripes, do arches. How about two golden arches? No, no, that's how you, <laughs> you say it's for been copyright taken. infringement. Uh, you make them a sponsor. Oh, man. We don't <laughs> even have no. the river about McDonald's anymore, so it can't even be anything. It can't even be a reference to anything. Well, it'll be silver arches, not golden arches. That gives them out of a lawsuit, right? Right? Right. Yeah, all right. Moving the goalposts. Yeah, there, let's move <laughs> along here. Uh, another big thing. Something I'm really looking forward to is the end of the, you know, the end of the MLS season excitement. That's that's when it's really going to kick in that uh, St. Louis City is getting started when they get their allocation money distributed. And we know the amount uh, trade windows open. Free agent signings are out there. The expansion draft, the ability perhaps not to do like Charlotte. Unless that's what Lutz has in mind to trade all of your allocation money for international uh, slots. Uh, don't know, but that's excitement. That's that's when it's really going to kick in. And that should be somewhere with the World Cup, probably in November this year 
or after the World Cup in December, late in the year. I'm not sure MLS has even given us a timeline about that, probably because they have no earthly idea themselves on that. Pretty much the only thing I know is that, like, they're planning for the season to start and end a little sooner to accommodate that, but that's about it. We don't know when. Anything else that you fellas are uh, looking forward to in this upcoming year for St. Louis City SC? Um, I guess um, like naming rights, so we can start coming up with some kind of a name for the stadium that's not what it's actually called. Because we all know how St. Louis operates; they never call a stadium by its actual name. That nobody does. Oh, it'll always be Riverport to me. Yeah, exactly. It's just the same way that like it was Savas for a long time for me. Um, you know, those names they they don't stick. So, but the, usually it's something that is part of what the naming rights thing. So as long as we don't get like financial dot com or something stupid like that, Bush Soccer. <laughs> Hey, they tried that already with the Youth Academy, and that did not work. They they didn't want to brand beer to kids. Yeah, but this will be the adult soccer stadium. and <laughs> Yeah, this is big boy. Oh, wait a second. It's soccer. It's going to be a casino. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. I really hope the we don't casino play, like, queen, Arena. The Casino Queen Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something to look forward to. You know what? Right now, I'm just going to go ahead and strike that from the list. <laughs> Welcome to FanDuel Stadium, the worst place to be in the yeah. world. Oh, no. Or uh, Patty Power, though I don't think Patty Power over in England actually does sponsor any teams in a show of some sort of, uh, you know, propriety from a betting firm from overseas. I think we've uh, beat this dead horse to, you know, death. Because it's a lot easier to beat a dead horse to death than a live one. Oh, man, <laughs> you are really nailing these segues today, man. <laughs> yeah, full on it. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to in this coming year is another uh, tall boy roulette. Yes. But we can't yes. have a seltzer. Um, <laughs> they did not specify beer. It just said a tall boy. I brought a tall boy. You, <laughs> you did, but you learned your lesson. <laughs> you weren't the only one that brought a twisted tea. You weren't the only one that was. I wasn't the that. only one that brought a twisted tea, and there were plenty of seltzers that were thrown in that were not brought by contestants. Yeah, I'm but you were saying. the only Sporting KC fan that brought a seltzer, so <laughs> so you had to catch the heat. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to catch the heat anyway. That's just what happens. I'm I'm fully accepting it. Oh, uh, hey, if you're going to go all to, in, we'll get into more on that later. In, in the show for sure, but yes. If you're going to just have the heat brought on you, bring all the heat. That's what I've got to say. It's also a big year for international soccer coming up in 2022. For the U.S. men's national team, we got something to look forward to a little later on this month as the uh, next, the penultimate uh, qualifying window opens. U.S., it's a huge window for the U.S. team. They got two winnable home games to win, and then they're away at, uh, let's call them upstart Canada, because that'll get under their nerves, uh, get on their nerves. But uh, if they can win their two home games, it doesn't matter what they do in Canada. They'll be sitting sweet and pretty to wrap up World Cup qualification, and they really are going to need to do that 
because the March window features the two hardest games that they will have in qualification, which is the trip to Azteca to take on Mexico at home for Mexico, and then the trip to Costa Rica where the U.S. has historically never won and hardly ever even gotten a point down there in all the time of World Cup qualifying. So really want to wrap it up in the January, late January, early February window that's upcoming. It's a big one. Uh, the reliance on MLS players, that's why we had a December window. There's going to be a January camp. Try to get them some work and keep them sharp uh, going in because winning those two games at home are as important as they have ever been in this qualifying cycle. And, of course, that leads up to the big thing of the year, which happens in November instead of in the summer because of Qatar, uh, is the actual World Cup itself. Right now, the U.S. looks okay. They really got to work at not qualifying, but they kind of really had to work at that in the last window last time around, and, well, we know what happened there. So as long as they get that, it'll be exciting, very exciting. And uh, also give a lot of uh, pump and uh, advertising towards the following World Cup that's going to be played here on home soil. I do just think it needs to be mentioned, though, um, looking at the standings for the octagonal, the only difference between us and Canada is literally one goal. If we had tied Panama, we'd be even with Canada right now. And probably I think we'd take over them for some tiebreaker, but everything else is would literally be identical. It's insane. So yeah. we're not doing as bad as some people may think. Just keep that in mind, folks. Well, everybody wants to win World Cup qualifying. It might help you a little bit in the draw for the knockout rounds. It's really a lottery. You get a little bit of seeding, but you still can, you know, the best teams in the world still get lumped into a group of death sometimes so it's really a crapshoot yeah I mean, just the, get in baby exactly that's the most important thing is just making it there for uh major league soccer there's a lot of things to look forward to this year as well uh, as a matter of fact uh, next week is the super draft the draft of uh, college players coming in it's not what it used to be say 15, 20 years ago when they made up a big bulk of who was playing in MLS. But in recent history, there's been some gems you can pick up off of the pile. Big one being Daryl DK picked up that way. New York City FC hit a home run with Jack Harrison. Uh, the That was later uh, transferred by the Citigroup onto uh, Leeds, who he's playing very well for and has been in the uh, English Premier League. So... We'll know a little bit more about that. It's coming up on January 11th, about a week from now. We're going to get more roster moves, and we've got a list of some of the exciting ones that have happened recently coming up. But there's more to be anticipated as there's players that are expected to be moved so that other players can come in in places like Atlanta that needs to be done. Uh, Season begins not very far away, to be honest. Training camp should be starting fairly soon. I should have got a date on that. But the season begins in late February this year to accommodate a Winter World Cup. Really looking forward to the CONCACAF Champions League. Don't know why. It's our annual uh, 
tournament of shame. disappointment and despair. Yeah, kind of. The tournament of shame. Yeah. Our reigning champion, New York City FC, really has a team built to really possibly win it. But I got a feeling Tati Castellanos is going to be gone. There's rumors James Sands is gone. Uh, you know, they, they've got the city group behind them. They've got talent up and down the roster. But to rebuild and get to, to where you can win champ, CONCACAF Champions League, that's a big ask. Given the limitations on uh, how deep your roster can be as compared to Liga MX uh, squads. As always, always. Always comes out in the end, even if it comes to penalty kicks after the second leg of the final, as Toronto FC knows. Honestly, I'm more excited for the comeback of the uh, the U.S. Open Cup. I, I I want the Open Cup to come back so bad. Get some great matchups. I I love that tournament. That tournament has a lot of history behind it, um, and it, it it's some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, actually watching it and following it. So, yes. Looking forward to that as well and see what's happening. Also looking forward to, even with the MLS Next Pro, uh, there was a statement in a story that was behind a paywall, so I didn't read it, uh, out today that uh, MLS, the head of MLS, somebody highly associated with MLS Next Pro said that they have no intentions in the future of poaching any existing clubs from USL. Uh, they have no reason, especially, well, limited to independent clubs in USL. MLS clubs are always welcome to come in, uh, is what they said. They were asked about setting up their own league clubs in cities that already have a USL franchise. They hedged a little bit, go, every one of those will be taken on a time, you know, time by time basis. But I'm also looking forward to, with the World Cup this year, the World Cup upcoming, uh, the fact you got players now getting international transfers straight out of USL, a burgeoning and uh, much more high-profile USL in the years upcoming. And US Open Cup, it really gives them a window and a chance to grab attention in that way. That's a big thing. And the more power that USL especially at the championships level as a uh, tier two, it really helps just the development of soccer as a sport throughout this country. And that's a, that's a very, very big thing. Yeah. I think we could see kind of a renaissance of USL coming up because we more or less know where MLS is going to be sitting pretty at 30 teams for a while. And so you and we, <laughs> yeah, come on. But um, but so and USL has always thrived in markets in smaller markets, ones that MLS traditionally would not be interested in. Now that we kind of know the markets that they're looking at, that gives it a, pl a chance now that it's kind of gone fully independent to really grow its profile and try to move away from being MLS's feeder league into being its own thing. Yeah, the USL championship especially has the ability to take because MLS is truly, when it comes to getting a franchise and having a team in your town, you've got to be a major league city. You've got to have billions behind you. you got to be able to get a stadium built either through political pressure or out of pocket. 
Uh, you've got to present that to other billionaires and get them swayed on your side. There's a lot of room for a lot of growth. And we've seen places like uh, Louisville City that are able to gather big fan bases for every game. Cincinnati was this way as well in USL. And I want to see more and more of that going forward. Another big deal is coming up this year for MLS, and that is the brand new television rights package going into, you know, leading in with this World Cup cycle and then the following one on home soil. It's a big deal. Uh, There's a lot of uh, analytics out there showing that soccer is now by viewership on television as a sport, not necessarily for MLS as a league mind you. Uh, It is the fourth largest sport in the U.S. now. Uh, It has pushed ahead of hockey and is really close behind Major League Baseball for TV viewership as a sport. There's been a lot of things Don Garber said about this rights package, that he wants to drop all blackouts. He wants to make sure that there is coverage in every market with this for every home, every game for every franchise that might hurt the overall uh, numbers of what the package is going to be in terms of dollars. But in terms of the impact that the package in all would make for the sport and for the league in this country, those little changes are a good trade off for the money considering they're already keeping costs contained because of the roster rules. Uh, is probably a bigger win right now for the league as it starts to grow and is really starting to bust out into something a little bigger than it has been. Uh, Getting these things right is a big deal. Soccer has great demographics really wanted by advertisers. Uh, There's a lot of games out there to fill time. And there's a lot of outlets that want to fill the time with even if it's smaller MLS numbers, it's bigger than what they're getting with what they have. You've also got the rise of the streaming packages, groups of media together that could complicate things for us viewers, but it makes things sweeter by raising competition for the league from their viewpoint. Another thing it'll say when we finally finalize and break down the, the package of its entirety, not just looking at the dollar amount. But it'll say something about the state of the league and it's uh, how it's going to be perceived by those in charge of presenting it on a national stage, what sort of power it has. And we'll get a real good feel upon the state of the league. I think sometimes we think it's bigger than it is. Sometimes we think it's worse than it is. And I'm not saying this will be definable, but it'll give us a little uh, point to you know, talk about. Another thing I'm looking forward to in MLS is a simplification of roster rules. (laughs) Fat chance. (laughs) That's a really funny joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, makes a nice segue, right? (laughs) (laughs) Actually segue into, as we mentioned earlier, we love feedback. We did get some feedback. And uh, this week we got a listener question we want to address. Comes from one Luis, Tio Luis, and he writes, and I quote, As a diehard Fire fan, I want to welcome you to MLS. Question to Mike and Mason. Who do you think will be the biggest rival, Chicago, 
or KC or another. Fire red over city red. St. Louis is boring. Shot to Sean. SKC, a.k.a. KFC. <laughs> Pick a state, okay? The blue hell is ZZZ, ZZZ. Or for our listeners internationally, ZZZ, ZZZ. Uh, the real hell is on fire. Yeah, end quote. <laughs> I, I can feel Sean seething. <laughs> but first, let's break down his original question before he got into the smack talk. Who is going to be St. Louis City's biggest rival? That depends almost entirely on what conference we end up in, right? Does it? Usually, yeah. Because, I mean, if you're if we end up in the West, we're not going to play Chicago very often because they're still in the East, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you might play them once every couple of years. That would be our take as, fo- you know, fanatical followers of the game played upon the pitch. But... For more casual fans that maybe go to a game, maybe follow it a little, reading the papers, it's always going to be Chicago and St. Louis. Yeah, that that it's one's always obvious. going to be. That's that's bred into the the genetics of oh, people yeah. in both cities. That's definitely yeah, that, a fair assumption. Yeah, that that's that's such an obvious rivalry that like it almost doesn't need to be said. Um. I mean, well, I KC if in the West, KC will be a rival, but, but and a natural one, and a rivalry between the cities that poss- possibly has room for great growth in that rivalry sense. But Chicago, hands down, it's just decades and decades, over a century of or more, both on the sporting field, political realm, geographically, you know. We're in Illinois, just statewide. You've got states split up between St. Louis and Chicago. Illinois is almost split in half because of it. We have to get our revenge for them turning the Chicago River around and sending all their poop down the Mississippi to us. They got a lot of poop, too. (laughs) It's Poop City. (laughs) As the Dave Matthews band knows very well. (laughs) That's for our other show. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcaster near you. Uh, that one but, um, might that one might require a monthly subscription, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a paywall to keep the Chicago poop out of our podcast. Uh, but um I mean you're you're right. It's Chicago. But if we look at it as like product on the field as like as like as just the game it's i think it's going to depend on which conference we end up and even then if chicago keeps going the way it's going it won't be chicago on the field well additionally with the uh you know the years of st louis city fc being in usl there's some rivals out there uh, from the usl days as well we're looking at you lou city i know what you did <laughs> yeah. Woo, shots fired. Woo. Also, he asked Chicago, KC, or another. I don't know if it's going to be a St. Louis rivalry, but there's been some uh, Charlotte, you know, supporters, fan base media that they take a lot of shots at St. Louis City. It's that uh, the most recent uh, expansion team rivalry that always crops up in MLS because it's unique. Uh, right now in the sporting world, basically, 
to where they're natural rivals. Not the same year, but close enough. Eh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we didn't even really get that. We didn't even really get that with the Knights and uh, the Kraken because the Knights were so good when they started and the Kraken were so bad. My money's on Austin. My money's on Austin. I don't know why, but I, I, I think we could have a nice friendly rivalry with them down there. Yeah, possible. It's possible. Got friends down there. They kind of look at tour. As we talked about, it's not that far a trip in between the two. We're in Southern Illinois. Nashville is actually quite close to where we're at. Uh, any road games for city that go to Nashville, that's an easy road trip for us to make. So, but I don't think they'll ever be a true rival. Just somewhere where you can bring a lot of support to. Yeah. I mean, I think that if we take it all kind of together, I'm I'm hoping that we get put in the West with KC because I'm really hoping for an I-70 Derby. I'm pretty sure we will. Nashville will go back to the East, balance things out. I, I'm pretty sure we will. I'm feeling 85% on that or more. Now, Sean, what's your feelings upon this email? Well, first of all, this sounds like uh like someone that doesn't want to want their actual identity to be known. So I'm not even sure he's actually a fire fan. I swear. <laughs> I swear. After the, Mitch, uh, after the Mitch, tall boy roulette, to get this might here. be a St. Luligan. <laughs> Mitch, are you coming after me now? Real Mitch or better Mitch? There you go, Mitch. <laughs> uh, but no. You know, I wouldn't put this past Brad either. <laughs> Plot twist, it's Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> they knew we were slow and wanted to give us something incendiary to talk about. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but I just have to say, first of all, they started out playing at Arrowhead, so technically they are from a Missouri team just playing in Kansas. Second, uh, their stadium is just as close to KC downtown Missouri as your guys' longtime stadium was to Chicago downtown. So we're basically in Missouri, just like you were basically in Chicago. Um, third, you know, next, uh, last I checked, standings. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're just going scoreboard then. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Here's, here is the real kicker. Um which which city is currently still in the bidding to get a site for the U.S. Canada Mexico World Cup? Uh, not Chicago. Last I checked, who is? Oh, that's right, Casey Moe and Arrowhead. So I think we've got a good enough soccer base there that we could be pretty loud. Why else would it, why else would expansion teams come to us to see what a supporter section is supposed to look like? Just saying. Just saying. On the other hand, (laughs) thank you, Luis. What a great email. (laughs) What a great email. We're glad to have it on the show. So if you got any other hot takes, something pleasant to say or something of this nature, uh, please share it with us. We'll look forward to that. Thank you again, Luis, for that. Enough of this silliness and commenting upon what we've been commenting upon. Not necessarily the email, but our own little uh, insecurities about it. But uh, we've got some MLS news out there. We want to catch up with what's going on because there's big MLS news that has broken recently. A couple of transfers, two or three, really making the news. We'll start off with El Tren. 
We might have to rename him. Ricardo Pepe of FC Dallas has solidified and completed a transfer to the Bundesliga. FC Augsburg, Augsburg, excuse me, I'm going to have to learn to pronounce that better, uh, swooped in above many of the best teams in the world uh, to get the rights to Ricardo Pepe. Reports are that it's around 18 to $20 million, perhaps, raising upon incentives. That's a big deal. That's the second or third biggest transfer in MLS history. It's bigger than Alfonso Davies, only behind Miguel Amaron, and certainly the biggest for, uh, you know, a U.S. player. He's from El Paso. And this kind of feels like FC Dallas's uh, academy paying off, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Augsburg came in and says, we'll pay this much, you think that they were, they had to put their hand over the phone to stop them from going, yeah, I think that's acceptable. (laughs) Now, what will they do with that money? Vancouver, not sure they did very well with it. Will FC Dallas, the Hunts don't have a record of really turning their academy into players on the field or their transfers into winning on the field. So we'll see how this goes. But that's a lot of cash for MLS. That's a lot. It's a big deal also for future transfers for MLS. And it's a really big deal for future transfers out of the FC Dallas Academy. That's for sure. And, uh, right after this was officially announced, uh, I, myself, reached out to FC Augsburg with a simple question. How do you say El Tren in German. And it didn't take long to get the answer back. It's Der Zug. Comes straight from SC Osberg on Twitter, so we'll go with that. It had to go straight to the club to find out what the translation of the train is. <laughs> well, you know, I have some journalistic principles and in, in training. You do go to a source to make a report. <laughs> that's about the end of my journalistic uh, ethics and <laughs> i was gonna say what what is this the nlb trade rumor mill or something yeah we have standards here der, der zug is the train in german do source do just trust me yeah <laughs> you got google look it up if you don't trust me <laughs> that works in many facets of life people please use google look it up uh, this once now, came to me in a dream. The, the L train just keeps a running all night long. Uh, this will be Aug- Aug- uh, FC Augsburg's club record signing. Uh, Grant Wall on his most recent uh, football with Grant Wall podcast was trying to cast a little shade on this, saying it really wasn't the market in Augsburg for him as much as they have a new in the past year owner named David Blitzer, who has balled into the club with about a 45% stake. Uh, and he threw, he was the one pushing this and perhaps actually threw his money at it. What difference this makes doesn't matter. There was competition with Bayern Munich and Dortmund and Serie A and the English Premier League and, you know, the top five leagues in the world, some of the top teams were after Ricardo Pepe. He's 
satisfies a lot of, uh, say, entry requirements in England because of his time with the national team. He's 18 years old. He has a knack for putting the ball in the back of the net and has done so since he was as young as 12 years old. That's what the whole world is looking for when they look for prospects. Happens to be American. Right now, it's also very good for their international marketing. That raises his cost. Uh, but the big thing here is Augsburg's in a relegation battle. Lately, they've been playing a little bit better, but uh, they have had a little bit of issue with uh, creating chances, much less scoring. So to ask Pepe just to score without creating chances makes me think of Josh Sargent at Schalke, uh, makes me think of Josie Altidore at Sunderland, you know, if you're just standing out there and you just kick a ball 40 yards to them and expect them to conjure up a goal, doesn't normally happen in a top-tier league. But we'll see how this goes because they made a commitment. They made a big commitment. And part of the swing of Pepe himself was that they laid out a, a timeline for his growth and development along this. So they were really interested not just in getting a goal scorer, getting early in on who they think is a prospect that could make a return upon their investment. So that's good for him. That means he'll, unless he just isn't good enough, he'll get time to, he'll get time to show whether he's good enough or not. And that's really what most American players that go abroad, especially to Europe, just want is a chance to show if they're good enough or not. And in the past, they didn't get that. Nowadays, they are. And that's a big difference when you look at the young Americans playing at the top leagues in the world, as opposed to some of those in their mid to late 20s, is they get the opportunity and the window's been open for them to really break through where the older ones just didn't have it. And that line is pretty distinct. And you could draw it around Christian Pulisic pretty much. That's exciting. That's really exciting for the league. Now, for a player, perhaps there's an even more exciting transfer. Daryl DK did solidify a transfer. He's going back to the English Championship, second tier in England. Before you scoff at that, keep in mind that the English Championship League is still one of the top 10 leagues in the world. They spend a lot of money on people. The competition is incredibly fierce. And the ability to finish at the top of the league, get in the playoffs, and play in that to get promotion to the Premier League really makes it something special. So, he's going to West Bromwich Albion. West Brom has been up and down in the Premier League, had some stints where they've stuck for a few years in the Premier League. Uh, they're currently fourth in the championship right now, so this is a good team. They're creating chances from what I can tell and what I've seen from the analytics, but they're not scoring. Big deal here is their coach is Valerian Ismael. Valerian Ismael was the head coach last year at Burnley, where DK had such a DK had his breakthrough with his lone spell at Barnsley and really made a name for himself on the world stage. So he's getting coming into a team that's playing well, making chances. He's got a coach that believes in him. 
They're looking for somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. The championship is a very physical league. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, Don't know how well he plays off of uh, direct balls. They're going to see a lot of that at West Brom. Uh, For those of you tuning in to watch him, uh, don't expect, uh, you know, the beautiful game like they play in Brazil coming out of uh, the English championship. But it's tough, top-level competition and playing for something very important, which is promotion up to the Premier League. This could be a big deal for him. Orlando gets about $9.5 million is the reports. They also get a 20% sell-on. If he does get him promoted, actually does play for them in the Premier League if they get promoted, all of a sudden his worth goes even higher and higher. So this could be a, an actually great transfer for Daryl DK. It's a wonderful situation for him. And I I like Daryl DK. I think this is this is good. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know he he came out of the college draft. He's a well spoken, intelligent, educated young man still pursuing his college career, even while he was on loan and with the national team and all that. He was still doing that online. So good for him. Wish him only only the best. Couple other news on transfers. Uh, Kate Clark. Uh, with the New York Red Bulls, uh, got the transfer over to uh, RB Leipzig within the same corporate structure. He's going to be loaned back for the first half of the MLS season uh, from RB Leipzig back to Red Bull New York, give him a chance to try to break into a starting lineup and be more consistent on the field. Um, Not surprising, really, but he is a talent. James Sands of New York City FC, and of the U.S. Men's National Team, reports have him going on an 18-month loan uh, to Rangers in the Scottish uh, Premiership. Boo. Oh, shut up. We all okay. know you're a Celtic yeah. fan. Nobody likes Rangers. Except Rangers fans. Rangers fans suck. <laughs> they have a lot of them. <laughs> anyway, neither here nor there. That's a long loan. That's really going to hurt NYCFC, not just uh, to defend their MLS Cup title, uh, their pursuit of a supporter shield, and their chances of winning a CCL. That'll be a big loss, especially also if they lose Tate Castellanos, as pretty much everyone expects. Really, with Castellanos, it's uh, will he go to Europe or will he go to Brazil? Palmeiras in Brazil is really making a push to be the uh, biggest club in all of uh, West the Western Hemisphere, and they're really getting a juggernaut there. Blaise Matuidi, the French international, won a World Cup, celebrated DP coming in to enter Miami, celebrated in many ways, one of them being that uh, him getting paid under the table got them in big trouble with the league and a hefty, hefty, hefty fine. Uh, he's out. He's out to enter Miami, clearing up a DP spot for them which they needed to do since they had like five. But the big one, this is really big. Fabrizio Romano uh, reports and does a report, not a rumor. Toronto FC has come to terms with Lorenzo Insigne of Napoli in Serie A for a five and a half year contract. It's going to pay him at least $13 million a year, up to $5 million in bonuses. 
Insigne is 31 years old. He is one of the greatest strikers in the world. He's still in his prime, still performing superbly. He is part of the Azzurri, the uh, it- Italian national team. Uh, and reports, it's not been officially announced, but the reports are in from really reputable sources. This is done. Insigne will come in as one of the top five greatest players to ever play in MLS. Bob Bradley's the coach there. Bob Bradley gets to coach a top-line world-class striker. There's talent on that Toronto team. There's ambition. There's money behind them. Can they make this all work? He won't be here until July. So they've got to play most of the season this year without him, at least half. But this is a big deal. He'll be getting old at the end of that contract. I don't think Toronto cares. They've fallen on hard times after reaching the pinnacle, almost the true pinnacle, losing in penalty kicks in the finals of the CCL when they won everything else they had to play for that season. This is a big deal. Any thoughts about this, Sean? Oh, this is absolutely huge for the league. Um, just like every other major transfer, we brought in someone that was well-known across the world as a top-of-the-line top, top of the line player. Um, even when it was, you know, big-name players coming in at the tail end of their career, but they still put in a couple of good years. Uh, this is nothing but good because it raises the competition level for the league. Uh, teams are going to have to step up and find better value transfers to try to up their game and, you know, make it even more competitive. Uh it brings more viewers because a lot of people, even if they don't watch MLS, they might start following Toronto just because of Insigne. It's, I don't see any downside to this outside of maybe we might have to worry about Toronto FC next year instead of seeing if they can, you know, get the wooden spoon out of Cincinnati. <laughs> With Insigne and Bob Bradley. Boy, I hope there's going to be a lot of unhappy people and there's going to be a lot of front office people in Canada looking for jobs if they're pushing for a wooden spoon after this. Uh, It's gone as far as uh, there has been interviews done with the Italian national team's coach about a move to MLS. Would that cost Insigne his chance at the national team? He had the standard response depends upon performance. Um, Napoli had him surplus to requirements. He was known to be out there. There was Serie A teams. There was other teams in top five really after him. And this is where MLS's crazy roster rules come into play. Basically, Toronto outbid everybody for him. They outspent the world to get Lorenzo, Lorenzo and Sanya. Probably meant more to Toronto FC than anybody in competition for him. But still, they played on the big stage, and they won. And this is starting to happen a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, there's transfers going out. There's transfers coming in. MLS suddenly is playing not at the highest possible stakes, but they're players at high-stakes table now. So, interesting. That's a big deal. And like, you know, we've made fun of Toronto for their performance on the field, but that's a wealthy club. That's a club that's got a lot of resources behind it. They have. 
and they started out terribly, just terribly, uh, wasting all of it, sort of like FC Cincinnati has, wasting their resources. They finally started to, they got lucky, got the right people in. They had some luck with a smaller forward from Italy named uh, Giacchini. That worked out pretty well for him. He was a few years younger than Insigne, but Insigne is really a forward, you know, a striker. They can play a little later in their career. I think it's a great pickup. I, I can't wait to see him play. I watch him play. He's a fabulous player. He'll be great. It's just going to be really good news. Plot twist, we poach him. <laughs> Plot twist, we poach him. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> you know what? Talk about FC uh, Augsburg. And I was just glancing at some of the recent form. They had a draw before the winter break in uh, Germany against RB Leipzig. You know, the RB Leipzig after they got rid of Jesse Marsh. Is there a possibility that Lutz's guest tomorrow is Jesse Marsh? No. <laughs> but we'll Not leave that seat in your head, Lee Lovely listeners. I don't, they didn't say that this is for the Academy or Lower Division. They just said a guest. My guess is it's for MLS Next Pro. Jesse Marsh is the team dog. <laughs> you know what? I hope this gets to him and he hears it, and now we just start calling him Archie. <laughs> okay. I think that's a great place to end this week's show. <laughs> I'm your host, Mike Turner. And I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your resident hooligan, Sean. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye for now.